Here we are again, another episode. Just to let you know that in this episode, we were speaking to Flora B from Devon, and we had a few issues with sound, which we tried to resolve as best we could. We decided to go ahead anyway, because Flora had some interesting things and some interesting takes. I hope it doesn't distract you too much from the content. Welcome to episode eight. I hope it's eight of Vox Pop. And um, this week we have got uh, a listener and she had an awful lot of interesting things to say. So um, hello to Flora. Hello, Sam. Welcome. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, it's great to speak to people. We're, um, we were just saying pre-interview, uh, pre-recording that it's great to actually get to speak to people with um, that we've been talking to either on, on Twitter or um, through various streams, other people's streams and what have you in the chat. So um, no, it's great to have you. Um, so Flora, we, um, I heard a little bit of what you had to say on Gustream. And of course, a lot of what we're talking about is centered around clearly what's happening at the moment. And there's so much happening at the moment, isn't there? <laughs> it's just coming at, us at a rate of knots, isn't it? I mean, there's something new every day. You just have to pick your battle, I think. Otherwise, you could just be, I don't know, trying to do everything. And, and it's just impossible to do everything or even listen to everything. And it's designed deliberately like that to confuse. I mean, it's again, I, I, know, I keep going on about communism, but it's a classic communist tactic to overwhelm people and deliberately confuse them. Well, I think, I mean, you, from what I've seen recently, especially on your tweets, you um, seem very awake to um to a lot of the techniques of what have you that have, that have been used in the past and um uh Gramsci's long march through the institutions all this sort of stuff which gets mentioned on a regular basis on various um podcasts seems i think to have happened um oh completely yeah definitely and, and we're now we're now dealing with the fallout of that where everything is in in the state and everywhere else is um is 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 basically um is a rival They've captured to what I'm everything. Thinking. Yeah, exactly. captured everything. I listened to a really good podcast yesterday. It's um, the Pandemic Podcast. Mm -hmm. And, um, gosh, what's his name? Somebody, Aston, is it Aston Gregory? Dan mm -hmm. Aston Gregory. Anyway, he, it was um, that he had with Rhina Thornick. And oh, Rhina right. Thornick was saying how every institution now across the Western world has been corrupted. And he didn't mention common purpose, but he said, They've all been completely infested with this new leaders um, brigade of people that have been put in over the past few decades. So they obviously felt very confident to pull the cord when they did. I mean, they haven't got quite all their ducks in a row quite. Um, I do think Brexit and Trump spooked them a lot. And I think they pulled the ripcord early, yep. which is why everything's kind of looking quite chaotic. Um, but it does give us that window to push back. Yes. I mean, do you, I mean, there are lots of people, well, I think there's a good number of people that are aware that things are wrong, but my expect, my sort of experience is that I don't know of anybody. Oh, right. Hang on one second. We're going to have to, we're going to have to pause for one second. I've, somebody's rung my doorbell. I feel like James Dellingpole now. I felt, um, do you know what? I was swore that would happen to me today. Just hang on one second. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. That was my. Um... I'm glad that happened 
to you and not me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would. I just knew it would. And I can't really not answer because uh, I've I've got quite a big sort of breakfast kitchen. I record in here, and it's on the front of the house, so they can look through the window and see me. So, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't avoid them. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So sorry about that. No. Um. Yeah. I, I just wonder though, how many people that might be normally minded as far as we're concerned in parliament uh or in the media because there are some have got any awareness because i i mean i there are lots of people that i consider to be people that are of a like mind and democrats and not communists but they seem so well the Toadmeister being a case in point, really. Um, I don't think they want to see. I think it's so. If, if you if you if you think back to when you were a normal person like me, <laughs> when I was a normal person, I don't know, whatever normal is, um, I think it's so, what's happening is so big. It's so vast. It's global. It's so in your face. I think subconsciously, lots of people are thinking, well, it can't really be happening because they wouldn't be so obvious. I think there are all manner of reasons why people can't accept what's happening. And I think because it's so blatant, yeah. I think that's kind of um, thrown people a bit. You know, because this sort of stuff supposed to be very subversive, isn't it? And very in the background and they're supposed to be sort of burrowing away. That's what they've always been told. But now suddenly it's all out in the open. So it, it doesn't, and it's switched so quickly. I think last year in, in March 2020, I could see exactly what was happening as it was happening in real time. And I just thought, when, when, when um, I'm not going to call him Boris, and that blonde buffoon yeah, says he's going to close the country for, for, for three weeks to flatten the curve. And I just thought, oh my God, this is it. This is, this is the big one. And um, they use shock and awe tactics on people. You know, the, 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 Filming out of Wuhan with people apparently dropping dead in the street, which is so obviously fake to me. Yeah. I mean, people don't put their hands out to break their fall if they're really That's keeling over <laughs> and dying. And, and and it all seems so fake. And, I, and I just, it's almost like I felt like I was standing in a room and everyone around me had suddenly gone insane because I just thought, am I the only person that can see that this is completely fake? And I felt a little bit, I felt quite scared, actually, because I just thought, oh, my God. It was like every single person around me just fell, and I was left standing on my own. And, um, I mean, obviously, since then, I've met people through standing in the park and things like that, but it was a really frightening thing. And I and they used shock and awe tactics on people. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose, um, I mean, Laura Dodsworth's book, um, which, have you read that? Um, state of fear. I can't bring myself to read it, to be honest, because partly because I know exactly what's yeah. happened myself. Um, I mean, I, I saw, I read the 25 options paper last, end of last March, beginning right. of April. All of this stuff that's in Laura Dodsworth's book yeah. um, was out there in the open if people wanted to go and find it. That's you know, what's so amazing, people, isn't it? It, yeah, it is yeah. public information. You could see all this It's stuff. public information. Yeah, it's on the government's own website, all of it. The fact that they downgraded um, COVID-19 to a, a non-dangerous virus or whatever the phrase is in March 2020. And that's been uh, reported. All, all of it is out there. Yeah, that's been, I mean, I don't know if it's been reported in mainstream media, but it's been reported in the media. It's been reported in some media and it's been on, on Twitter quite a lot. Um, 
with sourcing, you know, that you know, here's the page, it was downgraded, um, and yet it just gets ignored. I, well, the one thing that's been really quite terrifying in all of this is the way that the media has been so obviously bought. Um, I mean, again, this is out in the open, the fact that they've received massive government contracts to basically push beer corn right at the start of this. Yeah. And lots of people, I mean, this is where the media should have been really digging. For example, how could they have produced such a long um, new parliamentary act um, for, for COVID-19 overnight, which has pretty much appeared overnight? Where did all these, oh, the wonderful NHS vinyl banners all over that they, they sprang up overnight as well yeah. like you don't do this kind of stuff overnight this takes time to design it takes time to to print it takes time. all of that takes time and yet bang overnight all of this stuff appeared well i was i was um about um two or three weeks behind you it sounds like in terms of um uh, i i had already i was already of the view have been of the view for several years that the people that are ruling us um, I won't say governing, because I think ruling is more appropriate, um, aren't, don't have our best interests at heart. So that's been yeah. pretty clear to me for several years. Um, I didn't yeah. know why, but it was quite clear that everything they did was based on trying to destroy the, the nation. And I couldn't really work out why anybody would want to do that. It was just like, well, um, I just didn't get it. But w when this came along, which you'll know if you've listened to some of the other podcasts, I was for the first week or so, I was I thought herd immunity was the right strategy, but I was quite nervous about it because I thought, well, if this if this is seriously dangerous, then there's a good chance that we are going to know several people in our close circle, maybe ourselves, that die. So um, yeah. you know, proper scary pandemic. So I was a little bit nervous, um, and. I saw the Chinese stuff and I thought, well, that looks a bit ridiculous. That's probably Chinese propaganda. Um, yeah. But they're pretty clumsy anyway with their propaganda, getting better all the time. But um, And then when I saw them using the same Italian footage of that a and &E in, in Italy, the UC, um, what do you call it? Um, um, you know, the, where all the ventilators were in Italy. Um, yes. Intensive care unit. I, I and, and I noticed that um, they were using the same footage and pretending it was somewhere else. They were pretending it was in the UK, they are pretending it was in New York. And I thought, well, I suppose you can explain that because media people are just a bit lazy. Let's grab some ITU footage, that'll do. It makes the same yeah. point. So yeah. I could I could rationalize all of that. I could rationalize that perhaps the government wanted to scare people into um, actually uh, doing what they said. So I didn't like it, but I could rationalize it and say, right, okay, well, they're using fear to control us. And then what got me was when they said, um, as part of the pandemic measures, we're going to spend three billion pounds on new cycle lanes for the new normal. And okay. that was about two or three weeks in. And I thought, oh, this is rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you were ahead of me on that. I mean, you've obviously done the reading. Laura Dodsworth, book. She, what she put in her book, none of that was new to me, but um, a lot of the referencing was new. You know, she knew where it all came from, a bit yes, like you with exactly, your reading. Yeah, she's got all the sources. Yeah, all, but I, I mean, I, I will read it at some point, I think. But I find that I can't read quite a lot of books at the moment. I can't read 1984. I can't read Brave New World. I can't read Gulag Archipelago. I just find them too terrifying because we're living through it now. Yeah. We're at those very early stages, and I'm just too terrified to read 
just to remind myself of what might be coming down the track. Well, it is. I mean, it, it, it's. I don't know. I'm reading. Um, I, I've read Gulag Archipelago, and I'm reading it again on audiobook at the moment. Um, and it is quite worrying. Um, it's really worrying. Um, 1984 is um, pretty scary. The first, um, the first two, the first 20 minutes of the, the pianist. Um, oh gosh, yes, I read that. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I watched that on your recommendation, and that was just heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, it, it you know it goes into the depth of the uh, you know the, the, the realities of what happens or what can happen. But mm. the first 20 minutes, just the. The fact that, you know, they were going to uh, restaurants and they weren't allowed in because he was a Jew yes. and all this sort of stuff. And you go, well, how's that any different? <laughs> people are always, oh, well, People that are saying, oh, how dare you reference people having to wear yellow stars. It's like, they can't see. Why can't they see what's going on? I just don't understand why so many people are just shrugging their shoulders at the idea that we could deny people full participation in society because they haven't had a vaccine that doesn't stop them getting anything it doesn't stop them spreading anything what's yeah. wrong with people where have it's, their brains gone it's not like i mean you know the typhoid mary thing in i think san no. francisco wasn't it i mean you know she was the source that was supposedly spreading typhoid well supposedly who supposedly. knows yeah you well now the trouble is you doubt everything to be now, honest I, I mean, yeah. I doubt absolutely everything. I saw somebody posted yesterday on Twitter that they had they'd had all the vaccines that were ever offered to them, and um, they'd never had a problem with it. And now they were never going to have another one. And um, oh, that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if well, yeah, it would take a lot. It would take a lot for me to have another vaccine now. Simply, because I just don't trust the medical profession. I think <laughs> they've been terrible. Um, they've just jumped in on the. They should have remained medical professionals and not become propagandists. This goes back to Blair and his essential... What, what we've had for a very long time now, and it started with Blair, um, he essentially bribed all the public services. Do you remember when there was a big hoo-ha in the papers about doctors being given these massive pay rises for doing less work? Essentially, that's yeah. what it amounted to. Yeah. Um, they were like, hang on a minute, the doctors have had massive pay rises, but they don't have to work weekends anymore and they don't have to do this anymore. How does that, how do those two things work together? Um, and so he's bought, I mean, that all public sector workers have been bought off basically um, for a very long time. And again, that is another classic communist tactic. Yeah, yeah. And, and yes, it's the, the divide and conquer, if you, if you, yes, if you make people's lives, well, it's very interesting that in Victoria at the moment, given what's happening there, which is absolutely oh, frightening. just horrific. I've been looking at it this morning, the footage yeah. is absolutely horrific. I mean, I, I, you, I think you will have seen the one, because I've seen a lot of the footage and I've seen lots of people injured and sometimes some of the footage, like we were talking about with the um, ICU and stuff, sometimes it's selected from another protest and you have to be careful. Mm. Yeah. But, the one with the did you see the one with the guy filming in the high street he was filming them yes. filming down the, and then they just came yes. and grabbed him yeah saw that one yeah and that was yeah just... and that he was being beaten up basically yeah. and goodness knows what happened after that and the one at the um oh gosh some remembrance shrine that um they were yes. firing it with the children with with rubber bullets there that was, oh, that was... It, but again, where is our media in all of this? Why isn't it being reported in our own mainstream media? In fact, I saw one um, one reporting um, 
and I, I think it was a couple of days ago, can't remember the newspaper, but they did the usual thing about, you know, anti-vaxxers and basically trying to imply that um, they were asking for it, really. Yeah. And they didn't report what really happened either. Well, they called, they've called um, the construction workers, they've, they've labelled them as far right um, and Nazis. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is outrageous. Um, and so there's only just... really... The Sky News in Australia and um, and Rebel News in Canada, where they've got an Australian yeah. uh, correspondent, they're the only two people that are actually in the crowds talking to people uh, and reporting yeah. on Yeah. You know. Uh, I, I actually hold the media more responsible for what is going on in, in, in this country, in, in all Western nations, because they are supposed to hold the politicians to account. Politicians will do what politicians do. They're corrupt. You know, bears shit in the woods. You know, we all know this. Um, but the media are supposed to investigate. They're supposed to ask questions. They're supposed to hold them to account. And they haven't done that. And I hold them far more responsible than what the politicians have done, to be honest. They, I, I, they are responsible. I totally agree with you. I, I have some, not like some people that um, are doing podcasts now who are in the media, but I do have a couple of contacts through um through friends or family that are um in the media and um and, and quite, quite high up in the media and i listening to some of the stories that i hear through members of the family about what actually happens i've had no respect for much of the media for a very long time but yeah. what they've done as a group has been outrageous i mean canada is another case in point 600 yeah. million dollars spent um basically yes. just to silence them um yes. But not, it's not just the reporting, it's not just the pushing of the fear porn, it's not just that, it's not just their, their pushing of the fear porn, their failure to hold government to account, their failure to investigate anything, it's also the, the pushing of this deliberate divisiveness between people, this trying to drive a wedge between people in society. And these are the same media that have gone on and on and on about you know supporting Black Lives Matter and racism and all of this and yet they are nowhere to be seen when it's it's again this is something that's, that's across the media that it's mostly black and ethnic minority communities that will not take the vaccine so essentially the media are supporting a new form of apartheid between yeah. black and white I mean it's just they're just they're, they're, oh it just makes my head spin well I, I I think we talked about this simply briefly on on Twitter I, I um I, I look at it as well and think it, it annoys me that um, you're only allowed any sort because pe people were using, I think um, you might have shared something on it, were saying this is basically racial apartheid. And it was almost like that's the go-to, it was again this morning, there was something else on it, I can't remember on, on what point, but it's like you can only, it's only wrong if it affects minorities. That seems to be the only argument that anyone will listen to is you go, oh, well, it's, it's affecting the min um, minorities and therefore... Um, uh, look what you're doing. It's apartheid. Now I, I get it's an effective, um, it's an effective tactic to use against them in yeah. the same way that. Oh, uh, that's right. Yes, yes. We we had a bit of a it not was it a disagreement, was it? But yes, you well, said yeah, that. Well, yeah, 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 we, yeah, right, yeah, Coming to it from different ways, weren't we? But I, I mean, yeah. I, I totally get your point. It's an effective use their use their idiocies against them. But, yes. Um, and I did the same and then thought about it afterwards and thought, oh, God, I'm glad you didn't see that because I'd get called out on that. Um, but which was um, um, the green um, thing. I mean, you know, you, it's the same with the green agenda. If, if you 
uh, I was I was recounting something that my my brother was being made to go into his workplace, even though he's been working from home for the last eighteen months. That's he was, yeah. you know, he was happy to go in, but um, he was then going to have to work online from another room in the same on the same campus. And he said, "Well, this is this is ridiculous." Um, so I said, "Well, just say that you're. Um, it's not very green, and you know." So yeah. same same thing, really. I'm just falling back on the same thing. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. I think it's wrong. I th I think you know it should it shouldn't have to be like that. But sometimes you have to turn the enemies guns on themselves you have to you have to you have to shoot them with their own weapons sometimes i think i agree with you actually i think uh, but it is annoying it does annoy me that you can't just say well this is wrong this is this, this, this I, is I agree wrong. you can't but that, that's that's the world we're currently in yeah. so we have to find any any crack in their armor yes, to be and honest find, and, and, find... and and go through it with full force exactly I mean, this is the other thing, isn't it? I mean, and this is worldwide that the right, if you look at the Conservatives, the Republican Party in America, I mean, God, they're pathetic. You look at the Conservatives in this country. They're, they're, they're not just, conservatives. They're not conservatives. They're they not haven't even been politicians. conservatives since Cameron, I don't think. No. I mean, I probably before even then. I mean, I probably think before that. I mean, he yeah. brought in a lot of um, Cameroons, didn't he, as they're called, which, um, oh. you know, well, following following Blair, uh, Blairites, really. Um his hero apparently wasn't he yeah, i mean i, I might not have used the word hero well, but you know you could see the way that he i mean he basically at the time I, everyone was saying oh he's a new blair and i remember then thinking people are sick of blair the, the one thing you yeah. don't want to be is the new blair but, but it was never really about that it was about being a globalist wasn't it, it yes. i mean we, we've been pretending the media have been pretending for a very long time that there's still labor and conservative they're still left and right and i think brexit sort of did a away with that quite a lot because lots of people from different sides of the political fence came together either on whichever side um but there hasn't been left and right for a long time it's it's true what a lot of people have been saying it's now between globalists and nationalists and not nationalists in that awful sense of the word because that's still got very negative connotations attached to it but or, or or now we've got those who want freedom and those that want to embrace being owned i i really I have, um, I mean, I my I had this conversation. I I sent uh, the video of my my mother is she's of an you know she's getting on she's about eighty and um, and my brother and I are of like mind which is good but it means that when he pops over for um, Sunday lunch and um, uh, my mum and and he come along and we have Sunday lunch or whatever um, we at some point end up talking about politics and it drives her nuts because she can't stand it because i mean she's she's kind of a um, typical middle of the road conservative type i suppose but um she doesn't believe anything untoward is happening she just thinks it's a pandemic and if everybody just stuck to the rules and uh, stopped yeah. you know, going out on the streets look at all these idiots blah, 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 blah. and you know there's only so much you can argue with an 80 year old woman before you you think well I'm, all i'm doing is upsetting her um but yeah. um she's of the view um honestly of the of the view that um my brother and i, I could see how people get radicalized now and i'm like oh my god man so um, radicalized just for talking about stuff this this is where we're at being yeah. radicalized for just talking about what's going on Having she an listens to the BBC, you see. So she well, sees. She's told what to think by the BBC. I mean, she's, it's not like she's yeah. stupid or anything, but she's told by the BBC what to think. She's listened to the. BBC they were raised in that era where you could trust these organisations, and they still. The BBC has been running on fumes for a very long time, and people still think that they are trustworthy. 
yeah. God knows why. Again, this is this goes back to you know when you realise when you wake up. I mean, I, I used to be an absolute radio for addict. Same. I had it on in every room of the house. I used to have a special little radio that I'd I'd be riding my bicycle to work, and I, I I mean I couldn't be without it. I literally couldn't be without it. And I found myself turning it off more and more. So and then I found myself switching it on and turning it off straight away. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and then in the end, I just stopped listening to Radio 4 altogether and then it started to happen with TV I mean we, we don't have a license now we got rid of our TV license last year I mean I've never bought a license ever because that's just the sort of person I am um, but my husband I suppose quite rightly said oh you know no people must you know people must be paid for the work they do and the money goes to this that and the other but last year when um, the Black Lives Matter protests were happening in the middle of a supposed pandemic and the yep. same doctors who said that nobody must go out, said that these people must go out because we also had a pandemic of racism. <laughs> and that's when he went, right, that's it. <laughs> Direct debit being cancelled right now. Because that was another thing that was really funny. I, I, there's a really lovely lady that I met at Stand at the Park here. And that was her waking up moment. She woke up then. She went, she just sort of thought, hang on a minute. It can't be a pandemic then, can it? And it was the Black Lives Matter protest that woke her up. There have been so many. It's actually quite funny when you look at it. But um, if, if you don't realise, if you don't sort of think it through to its obvious conclusion, if you just look at what's happening, it's farcical. And I don't know how people that have been sucked in by this are ever going to live with it or accept it. Because and that's my biggest fear actually is that they won't. That they will. Well, that, because they'll be too embarrassed to admit yeah. that they were taken in. Too embarrassed to admit because because once you've had this stuff injected into your body. There's no going back from that because how can you even then admit that you can't wake up from that surely because you'd have to admit that you've done something really dangerous to yourself then. Yeah, I think there's a real problem there. And, and the other thing that worries me is that the government have pushed it so far that, well, I tweeted this yesterday to my uh, many, many hundreds of followers, uh, <laughs> that, um, um, that even if there were nothing more nefarious about their actions um, or that you know, what was driving their actions, the fact is that even if it's just incompetence, which I don't believe for a second, they have ripped apart the fabric of this society. And world governments all over the world have done it. There's no trust in the media. There's no trust in the medical profession. Lots of people that would happily have taken um, vaccines, which you would, you know, would have thought were, were good because they were stopping things like polio or whatever else from uh, spreading are not going to, they're going to be minded not to now, a lot more people, because they have abused their position of authority. Um, yeah. So I think- Well, this is where their vaccine passports come in handy because they're thinking that they can just force people into taking these medications, otherwise they, exactly. they can't participate in normal society. Well, using using the carrot of being um, doing what people want and being popular and being reasonable um, is a lot harder for politicians than using a big stick, isn't it? So um, they've obviously decided, that, well, we'll just use the big stick, which is yes. uh, very bad. I've got a list here of... Um, I was just making a list before we spoke um, of, of topics, of things that are happening at the moment. Now, obviously, the, the whole pandemic and lockdown and all this sort of stuff is the primary one, but... Um, We've got um, shortages of food, fuel, etc., um, energy problems and shortages. Yeah. We've got Insulate Britain and Extinction Rebellion running around getting massive coverage for like six old age pensioners and a 
soy eating ginger haired unemployed layabout um i really sounded like i sat in my age at that point um, so, um sitting in the middle of a road um looking like they haven't got the energy to get up again. um and, and getting massive press coverage um uh, you've got um uh, and, and it's interesting that all the press coverage is is coming from LBC. Have you noticed all the video is LBC? Oh, I, I did listen to LBC when when I when I turned off the uh, turned off Radio Four. I did start to listen to LBC, um, but then when the pandemic started, well, the scandemic as I call it, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't listen to that. And then Nick Ferrari was just an absolute nightmare. And um, oh, who's the other one? Ian Dale. I just thought, yeah. oh God, I can't listen to this anymore. And then thank. God, I found Talk Radio and Mike Graham. Yeah, I mean, I've stopped. I've even stopped listening to them. Not because they're um, they're necessary. I just think they're the other side of the same coin. Really, they're just sort of um, they're uh, they're stupid polls well, they're, well, on they're, YouTube. They're, they have to abide by Ofcom rules, so their hands are tied to a certain degree. But actually, I do think Mike Graham. I don't. I don't agree with him on everything, but actually, I think he's quite clever the way he drip feeds things out yeah well he is um he's an old style red top journo isn't he so he's quite clever with um with you know he's a professional media person so he he's yeah. done a lot of really good stuff against the back you know the vaccines uh, with, with children i mean the fact that he has tonya buxton on who's absolutely you know fiery as anything yeah um Laura Doddsworth these regular guests I think are really good ways for him to get this information out yes and he was the first person to have Neil Oliver on as well wasn't he so um yes absolutely uh, I, think is, I like the way that GB News has poached nearly all the uh really excellent yeah. talk radio presenters well I mean they, they were no-brainers weren't they but yeah I suppose so I mean I I I still watch a bit of talk radio but I I find there is an element of just well, it just outrages me. I think that's what talk radio is supposed to do, probably. I but, don't um, really listen to it. I used to listen to it. I used to listen to it much more than I do now. Now I really only I, I listen to talk, um, to Julia Hartley sometimes. Um, Mike Graham, I do listen to pretty much all the time when he's on. Um, but apart from that, I don't really listen to it anymore. I used to listen to Mark Dolan. I used to listen to it nearly all day. Um, but because they're not there, I don't. Know, so. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about that. We're talking about more important things. Yes, so I was just going to say on my, on my list there was there was there was uh, all of the shortages. There was insulated Britain. There was extinction rebellion. There's the lockdowns. There's um, uh, the the longer or medium to long term impact on education of an entire generation of children and young people. Mm. Um, there was uh, the um, the jabbing, for want of a better word, of um, young children mm. uh, against scientific advice from the government. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's just the start of it. But I, out of all of that, um, I mean, what's your what's your view on? Well, I know what your view is going to be. I'm sure on children's jabs, etc. But how have we got to this point where children are being jabbed against scientific advice? I think, uh, well, having worked in education when I was a primary school teacher, I, I worked in a, in a school for six, seven years, right. and mainstream school then was just pretty appalling to be honest but it's nowhere near it was nowhere near as far as this and they are no longer I mean even when I was teaching I just thought these aren't really schools any longer it's, it, education isn't about sorry schools aren't about education any longer they are really babysitting centres they're, they're, they're children's services now because it was what it was around the time where they were extending the school day with breakfast clubs 
and um, and after school clubs. And it was around that time. And I remember I was thinking, God, it's a really long day for young children. And obviously it was all, it's all geared towards getting parents out to work. And that's really when the state started to encroach much more on family time and come between parents and children a lot more. So children had less time at home. They had more time at school. And then obviously that went on for a few years. And then the next nail in the coffin really was the, um, you know, if you're a boy and you, if you think you're a boy, but you're a girl, you can just have a teacher. We don't need to tell you mum and dad. There was all of that going on, uh, which I call grooming. And then that became sort of written into law in a way, didn't it? That um, parents, uh, the teachers had a duty to, was it not inform or not tell the parents? Well, it came um, in on the back of the, um, well, actually, on the guilt competence, wasn't it? It came in on the back of the... Um... Actually, no, you're right. That was the very first thing, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a long time ago over the contraceptive pill. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. probably the start of it. It's been very gradual. It's been very, very gradual encroaching on, on, on parental control over their children. I think it really, they really put a fire under it with the whole transgender issue. Yeah. Um, I think that's where they really brought in the whole, you know, parents have got no say in this any longer. If your four-year-old wants to be a boy or your four-year-old wants to be a girl, not a parent's decision any longer. The, uh, the school will deal with it. You know, they can tell their teacher, don't have to tell anyone else. Um, and that was really when they that the massive crack opened between parents and their children. And this has now driven a coach in horses right through children and parent relationships. The fact that, I mean, as lots of people have said, I'm sorry, you, my children, you can't put a sun cream on my child. You can't give them, you can't put a plaster on them. You can't, you know, they can't have a, a, a paracetamol for a headache, but they can consent. That's just about parental consent. But they, they can consent to being stabbed with what is an experimental vaccine. I mean, I, I've been involved in delivering um, in, in delivering the notices of liability to oh, head teachers. Yeah, so I've been doing some of that where I am. Well, and I'm really pleased. I mean, it's been happening all over the country, but it really has made people stop and think. Um, I mean, you can't just shrug your shoulders at this stuff. I just felt so strongly about it that... And the thing is, head teachers don't know this stuff. So it's about informing them and saying, look, you need to be aware that you're putting yourself at risk of liability here. Mm. So you need to have a real think about whether you're going to allow this to happen on your school premises or not, because you're ultimately going to be liable for any damages. Have you been doing... I'm getting a little bit of um are you I think you might be getting excited are you moving around a little bit Flora because it's I'm getting um oh sorry uh, <laughs> no I'll tell you what though I think I've realized what the booming might be it might be coming off the piano and I've got a guitar and a piano in the room it sounds like that could something like that something yes that's possible that's possible well what I was going to suggest anyway was that perhaps we do we're we're at um we're at 50 minutes and I think we've got a lot to talk about what well, if we go on for another uh, maybe 20 or 30 minutes and then um what i would like to do is do another one in a, maybe in a couple of weeks do you think that yeah might be? yeah but i just think um you know if we do two or three hours and it's through all the way it might put people off so i'd rather yeah, leave yeah. Them, I should probably set you know, a room next time. maybe we could try it but uh, anyway I'll, I'll um we can go back to that so notice of liability so so you've been have you been actually out physically serving those or, or putting them together yes. or you've been yeah right? 
Yeah. So how's that gone down? That must be quite fun in a way. In kind of a oh, way. gosh, it wasn't fun. It was quite scary. Um, partly because trying to get into a school these days is like getting into court locks anyway. And that's <laughs> that's another another topic of conversation probably um but i i think it's the way you 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 do it i mean i was very pleasant i was very i mean there were three of us there like i did the talking um but we had a couple of witnesses as well and you know i just made it clear i said look it's really important that the head gets this because it's for his benefit and it is for his benefit it's it's because we don't want people opening themselves up to liability and to be honest it also these notices also had information in them it said like you need to say this but it had links to the government's own vaccine analysis um printout sites uh the uh, myocarditis studies that israel had done all of this stuff and i said look you know that basically in, in the notice of liability it says now you know this stuff <laughs> they, because they can't then say they didn't know yeah. And I know, yeah. having worked in schools, I know how safeguarding works. And if you know that there's something that could put children at danger in your school and you don't do something about that, then you are at risk of liability. Mm. Absolutely. So, so it was for their benefit. So that's how I put it across. I didn't kind of storm in, all guns blazing, going, right, you know, the terrible thing that you're about to do. Because I think they've been put in a very difficult position as well you're right and it is um it's tempting to do that but all your you you um you undermine your own position because people then put you down as a bit of a nutter and go oh well you know um it's one of those one of those deniers or whatever you're supposed to be yeah. so, um but i think if you do it sensibly like you've done it then you do raise in most ordinary people's minds um um yeah some concerns and um and they i mean you're not telling me a head teacher nowadays isn't aware of um, liability. I mean, God, anybody who runs an organisation, especially an organisation, a big organisation full of children, has got to be very conscious of all the duties of care that they've got. So, um, so to highlight them to them in front of witnesses yeah. is pretty powerful. Yeah. I, I well, we'll see what the outcomes are of whether these. I mean, I don't know how many schools are going to go ahead with this, or how many are going to not allow it on school premises but we know that they're going to be the same with the primary schools so we've got to be ready for that next i mean it's terrible to say uh, or to think about but um and i've said this before I, i think it's going to take unfortunately given where we are i think it's going to take um serious illness and death in children that would otherwise have been fine even if they'd caught this um virus before their their families their their parents are woken up to this and then yes i mean god help the problem is we've got a media that it's not going to report this stuff this is the problem well i think you're right but i think um that is a is, a, is going to i mean I, I don't have children but i can imagine um if i had children and I went along with all of this and vaccinated on the back of what the government told me. And then um, they were injured or killed by the vaccine. And then I looked into it, as you would, after you know the initial grieving and everything. And you suddenly realised that you'd been... Uh, well, hoodwinked is too light a word, but, you know, that you'd been... Lied to. Or else. Then yeah. um, 
I would dedicate the rest of my life to destroying every one of the members of the government. I mean, I I can't imagine how you would not as a as a parent of a child, surely. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, it's really awful. I don't quite know where we're going. I, I I feel that we won't really know what the direction of travel is in this country now until we've got through winter and we're out the other side because they've got this um, this coronavirus act. Again, yes. has to be signed off for the last six months, and I think it will be because where has our parliament been? Where have our representatives oh, been in all this? They've been nowhere. Dreadful. It's been wonderful. Um, that's a that's an area for another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> what happens to our political system for the future? Because we can't, we really can't go on like this. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the sun is shining today, and it's been shining for a week, and I'm feeling very positive. And but I've got this dark foreboding um about what's going to happen through this winter um i really hope antibody dependent enhancement doesn't happen and pathogenic farming doesn't happen yeah uh, i can't think that it's not happening already because as lots of people have pointed out we've got more deaths apparently from covid now than we had last year when there was no vaccine at this time of year 400 percent more is that something like that i mean it's just in, i mean again and this is something else that the media aren't reporting on note that they are not reporting anything people are just blindly going in to have these jabs they're not aware of the figures i mean i, I noticed the figures aren't really reported any longer um, no. like they were before um so I don't really know what's going on. I think maybe it is pathogenic priming and that's why they're not being reported. Because obviously lots of people would be going, hang on a minute, have we got more COVID deaths a year, you know, th this summer stroke autumn, have we got more than we had last year without a vaccine? People would start asking questions, surely. But if you don't report the figures, they won't ask questions. Well, you'd think so. I mean, I know it's anecdotal, but again, on, on Twitter, I must see five or six new cases of reports of individuals saying um three of my close family are now in hospital and they're normally they're not, they're not they're not on our side of the argument they're not trying to argue that they're trying to argue their point and they're saying um if only you'd go and get vaccinated i've got three close members of my family that are now in hospital <laughs> seriously ill and they only got vaccinated last week it's that dangerous and you think well, i know it's <laughs> insane but, the, but but no one's saying well how come all these people that haven't been vaccinated aren't getting the virus of course we get that we get the media stories of oh you know mother of three on her deathbed said that she wished she got the vaccine you know you've got those stories that come out but i mean i work with with um the elderly um, and I don't know any of them who've even had this virus, let alone died from it. Right. So that's just, that's how dangerous it is. <laughs> well, you bring me on to, my big, I mean, I think pathogenic, pathogenic priming, and I don't pretend to be, I mean, I understand what it is, but I don't pretend mm -hmm. to, you know, be an expert on it, obviously. But um, um, Robert Malone's concerns on this are good enough for me. He's the guy who invented the genetic vaccine platform in the first place yes. um, as i understand it and he um i saw him on the black horse podcast with oh Weinstein. that was brilliant the brett weinstein podcast yeah. yeah they were good on that i mean excellent. i watched that live and it was very they, they bigged it up and it was it was amazing but um especially because brett weinstein is yeah, a bit of a lefty and everything but he he is very very careful to um not overstate or to use hyperbole yes and, and they were basically 
it sounded like hyperbole what they were saying because they were you know they were basically saying we need to get a billionaire in to buy out all these patents so that we can stop the world being murdered that was basically paraphrasing that was what they were saying um anyway so he is very concerned about ade um the fact is nobody can know this is why it's so ridiculous isn't it that so many people are getting jabbed we don't know whether this might happen but if it did that would be horrendous and it's going to be carnage this winter however yeah. i think hopefully well not hopefully more realistically because it's still a tragedy but i think uh realistically what might be more likely is I, i'm i'm pretty convinced tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of excess deaths are going to happen over the next couple of years and this winter because of the lack of any sort of health service yes um, yeah well that's all feeding in isn't it that's all feeding and, and again this is one of the conspiracy theories that they would find multiple ways of getting rid of people because obviously the elderly because that means that they don't have to pay out pensions any longer yeah. they don't have to pay for care costs any longer they can they can basically buy up their properties there's a whole load i mean even i say this stuff and i sound like a conspiracy theorist to myself yeah you know? <laughs> i know exactly where you it, it is i mean when i listen i'm sure you do as well i listen to delling poland um and i have done for a long time and he has obviously been on a journey himself from being a yeah. sort of a right of center or a right-wing conservative you know People are sound, people aren't sound, you know, um, normie, as he would call it, mm. and as would call it. And he's gone, you know, right to the other end of the scale. And, yeah. you know, I, but every, there's some things, I'm, I haven't gone down the religious route particularly. And um, I, I know, no, I've got no criticism of it either way, but, um, but he has, um, what am I trying to say? Basically, I listen to him sometimes, and, I, and and some of the people he speaks to, and I think, oh my god, you know, it, it, where is he going with this? Then something happens, yeah, and I think they were talking about that four weeks ago. On, on I know, I know, yeah. I mean, I used to I used to read some of the David Icke stuff, not because I was a particular fan of David Icke, but I would just end up sort of finding a list. This is when the Guardian would allow comments, of course, right? Um, and, I, and somebody would put a link, and I, and I think the thing that really made me sort of turn not turn on David Icke but, but sort of made me start thinking oh maybe he has a point was remember the Jersey um children's home yeah because obviously he lives on Jersey and, and and he was saying before all of that came out the Oatman was it called I think yeah. actually I just um, just to correct you I don't think he lives on Jersey I think he lives on the Isle of Wight um, sorry, the Isle of Wight, sorry, yes. But, um, but, the, the... but he was talking about Instagram and he was talking about it, yeah, and then it all came out, of course, in the news, and I remember thinking, oh, David Icke used to say stuff about paedophiles and, yeah. and, and politicians and serials, all of this, and obviously it all turned out to be true, and that's what really made me think, oh, okay, perhaps he isn't a lunatic after all. Yeah. I mean, I know some of the stuff that he says is... is pretty out there but mostly he's got this hasn't he he's, well i remember when i remember watching the wogan i'm old enough to remember watching the wogan show when he came on in his purple jumpsuit or whatever it was and um yeah i never declared that. that he declared he was uh, i think the son of, son, of god, uh, son of god or something yeah um and that was pretty cringy and it was just like oh my god the poor guy in fact uh, wogan got quite a bit of criticism for um you know exploiting this poor chap who's got yeah. mental health problems and stuff um and then he disappeared he obviously had a hard time his family had a hard time obviously because he was a bit of a, a laughing stock um but a bit like alex jones um 
if you look at what they've actually said about lots of stuff, yeah. I mean, um, the only thing Alex Jones really seems to have got catastrophically wrong was his um, attacking the saying that they were crisis actors at that school shooting, which um, obviously was... Oh, was, they really went to town on him over that, didn't they? Just yeah. The one thing that they could get him for. But I mean, yeah, de you know, dead children, if you get that wrong, um, you are going to get, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, but, but I mean, um, everything else he's saying, he says it in his, I mean, he says himself he's an entertainer and he's obviously built a platform around it. But Yeah. Um, I wish I could listen to him because he's got so many great things to say, but I just can't stand his voice. No, I don't I really. I just don't can't stand his voice at all. The, the only um, time, he sounds yeah. like he's going to lose his voice at any second, doesn't he? But, um, yeah, he just shouts all the time and I just can't bear chanting. <laughs> I think the only time I can listen to him is when he's speaking to Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan sees him for what he is, I think, and they have yeah. a laugh. They obviously... Yeah, Joe Rogan's brilliant. It's a shame he's gone to Spotify because I used to listen to him all the time. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Yeah. And I still like Joe Rogan. I, mean, I don't agree with him on everything, but... Uh, he, uh, he's, he's got an open mind. That's what I like yes. about him. Yeah. He and will he... he will have everybody on and give them a platform and, and listen. And he likes, he likes to challenge his own thinking, and I think that's something that we're losing a lot. I like to challenge my thinking as well. I mean, I've... I've changed my mind on lots of things over the years just from listening to other people's arguments. And I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, yeah. That wouldn't that be a great idea. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, no, I think we definitely, so I think, yeah, the NHS, I think the breakdown of the NHS, I think obviously energy is going to be a, a massive problem this winter. I've got myself my generator and, it, and, and all this. And I know there was a bit of talk last night on Twitter about, um, about prepping people were openly talking about prepping um and oh, i've never I thought of myself as a prepper <laughs> or well like you i think i've never thought of myself as a prepper i've never thought of myself as a conspiracy theorist um so so they say etc in fact you know one of the things that makes me reserve what i say is that I, you know i don't want to be one of those people but i'm now full on i mean i've got a generator i've got um I've bought um, several kilos of rice and pasta and tin goods and frozen meat stuffed in the in the yeah. in the freezer. Um, yeah. Because I think, well, I'm going to eat it eventually. Um, the the pasta and the rice might take a bit of eating, but um, <laughs> especially if I'm go keto. But but I thought, well, you know, it's why not? Why not prepare for Better it? Better to be safe. I I just do not trust any of them. I mean, the one thing that people haven't really thought of, which I have thought of is is water water supplies yeah um because i don't know how far they're going to push this i don't know how how dark are they prepared to get because i would put nothing past them when i see what's happening in australia when i see some of the is it the territorial support group in london and how they've yep. treated some of the protesters there perfectly peaceful protesters when i look at what they really plan for the world when i look at the fact that they're trying to force people essentially to take experimental vaccines how far are they prepared to go to 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 do what we think they might be trying to do and that is to kill people Blatantly. I mean, I mean, I sat again. I sound like a conspiracy theorist myself saying this, but how far are they? You know, they're talking about vaccinating five to eleven-year-olds, children who don't need it. Why are they doing this? I, I just don't know how far they're prepared to go. Well, I, I mean, I have to say, I kind of be open to any, any belief or listening to any thesis at the moment, which is 
pretty frightening. But I, I, I have to hope that, I mean, again, um, uh, James Denipole refers to it as a kill shot, doesn't he? Um, yes. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, re I, I hope that it's, I think it can kill um, and damage people, but I have to hope that people haven't actually invented it to kill people. But um, it, the, what is happening, not just the shot, everything else is going to kill many, many people. We're going to see a big increase in, um, in, in the death rate, um, which yeah. we didn't see during last year in the middle of the pandemic, which is interesting. Um, we saw a small increase over the, over the uh, years before, but not over the mean, over the five-year mean, yeah. I think it was the same. So, so okay, so there's that. But, um, I mean, my... I don't, think, well, I don't think they invented this vaccine to kill people. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that I think there was some, you know, nefarious, I mean, let's, let's invent a vaccine to kill people. But I think what's happened is what lots of people call convergent opportunism. I think that lots of people with various interests have jumped on this as an excuse to push forward their own agenda because of vaccine passports. Yeah. Um, can't vaccinate their global digital IDs, obviously. Yeah. But but these these um, uh, organisations like Pfizer, Moderna, all who were in the process of creating mRNA vaccines that have never been able to come to market because of the previous um, problems they had with animal trials, I think they just saw it as a way of, I mean, they're doing a mass global experiment on human beings, and that even that sounds mad. I don't think it was meant to kill people. I think they just thought, what a great opportunity to try this out on real people. Yeah, and maybe hubris, because there's plenty of that around. So perhaps it was just hubris that they thought, oh, yes, we know what, you know, a sort of a Titanic moment um, where they just, I mean, it is ridiculous that they're in vaccinating the world with a vaccine that yeah. was invented in, as far as I understand, and I may be wrong on this, but was was basically created on the back of a genome sequence provided by the Chinese. Um and also, from what I read, what I heard, is it, is it Robert Malone? Uh, no, um, oh gosh, David, is it David, David Payton? No, not David Payton. Oh, some chap who looks at patents. I'll have to find it out. Oh, yes, yes. I don't know. Do you know who what is, I mean? And yeah. he was saying it was basically a line of computer code. God, well, I well, I know, I know that a lot of the patent that um that, that I've again difficult to. I mean, I just don't have the 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 time or the resource to look into it in great detail, but I know that um, there are some very long and involved podcasts talking to I think that guy about how there were patents for this for all of these yeah. vaccines registered several years ago. Oh gosh, um, yeah, yeah, been, yes, I think it is David Patton, isn't it, Professor David Patton? Does that mean about? It might be. It, um, no. I don't know the name, but I, and I watched. I watched about thirty minutes of it. I thought, oh bloody hell, this is heavy going. And I thought, well, at the end of the day, it was a bit like, well, I, I know, I know, crap's happening, and and that's historic, really. But um, somebody else, you know, a professional journal ought to be looking into that. But of course, they're not. But um, no. no. I, so, so I do think people are going to die anyway, even if it was hubris and idiocy. Um, so the result is people are going to die. Um, my my general my pet thesis is that um, my preferred thesis, if you like, in terms of what I think is most realistic, is the biometric ID, because that has been on the agenda for decades as being oh, yeah. what they want to do. And if you, wherever you go in this mess, each bit of string you pull comes back to biometric ID. Whether it's well, it's going to be linked to carbon credits for us. I've, I've said yeah. this all along. You know, people go on about a Chinese-style social credit system. And I don't think it's really going to be Chinese style 
but it is going to be linked to carbon credits because it, I mean Boris has just gone off on one with this ridiculous green agenda and I think we're all going to be given because I mean this was something that was mooted a while ago wasn't it that everybody was given a certain num- a number of carbon credits and you know if you if you take a long haul flight that'll be x amount of carbon credits and you know if you do some short haul flights so I think that's what it's going to be um it will be you know x amount of you'll be allowed x amount of meat x, it's basically digital rationing card isn't it really yeah. that's what it ends up exactly. being exactly. um but but they're trying to bring it in on the back of this so-called pandemic and trying to get people to think that it's a really good idea that they shouldn't rub shoulders with people that are unvaccinated so they're pretending it's a health passport or a, a digital health id but actually that's just the that's just the excuse. <laughs> so what do you think of, because I find it, I get really frustrated when I hear people saying, um, it's just a vaccine passport. I've got a yellow fever card. And um, I go, well, yeah, I've got a yellow fever card. But yellow fever card, how... but it doesn't stop me getting into the local cafe. Exactly. If it runs out, I can still get into the local cafe or my local pub. Or, you know, it's just not the same thing at all. So these people just dim. I mean, I just... Or do they just not want to know, or um, are, have they are they bought into their side of the argument? Are they too tribal to look at it and go, well, actually, I can see how that might happen, especially when it's happening in Victoria now. In Victoria now, you have to take photographs of yourself, uh, which is then sent from your phone, and then yeah. there's a geometric um, positioning on your phone plus your photo to establish that you are where you. So, if you're organising a protest or suspected of doing it, they send they ping you and go, send us a photo of where you are. Um, Just a, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I think the thing is, you, you can't, people, people won't believe this stuff, even though, as, as it takes us right back to the, to the start, where we were saying that all of this information has been on the government's own website since the beginning of all of this, but people don't want to look. I mean, I've got, I've got friends who very sort of happily tell me that they don't read, they don't read books, they don't read stuff. So they get all of their news from the mainstream media, mostly. That's frightening. Um, so, but when people don't read, and people aren't prepared to go and do any digging, then this is why they end up believing absurdities. It, it yeah. I mean, it, it is frightening. I mean, I, I, I remember we were talking about Radio Four earlier, and I probably about five or six years ago, and when I stopped, I got rid of TV and stopped watching TV. But I was, and I got rid of Radio Four at a similar time. But I was listening to it um, every morning. It used to just put me in a bad mood, so I stopped listening to it. But um, people would say, I would say, well, they're hugely biased, and even people that were, you know, conservative mindset would go, "No, I don't think so. I think they're quite reasonable." What, what have they said that's different? And I said, well, you listen to what they say because it was subtle, but it would be, if it was a story on a Tory minister, or it would be um, Tories claim that yeah. this, this, and this, despite this, this, and this. And if it was a, a, a Labour story, a, a new Labour story, it would be new Labour delighted to announce that they will be doing this. Yeah. It's small phraseologies, which are important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. That's I was taught how to unpick that sort of thing in one of my um, modules when I was doing my degree. So, That's yeah. That's interesting. What, what, what um, degree did you do? I, I did environmental science and geography. Right. Oh, crikey. So, so, so I, I, I class myself as, as an environmentalist, but 
an environmentalist who actually isn't a mentalist. <laughs> so I mean, I don't, I don't believe in anthropogenic global warming. I mean, the whole carbon thing is just a total misdirection. What they should be talking about is resource depletion more than anything. Mm. And we're depleting a lot of resources for crap, for consumerism. I mean, you look at the amount of plastic that is created just for, I mean, you know, you get these like Christmas little plastic stocking fillers and they go straight into landfill. Nobody keeps them. Yeah. They go straight into landfill. So if they're going on about anything, it should be resource depletion, but they're not because they still want people to consume. So. Well, you're so right. I mean, yeah, and ironically, it probably all goes back to China to be buried in landfill as well. So it gets, it gets yes. created in I mean, China. Oh. I mean, we, we do need that. a great reset, don't we, really? But not, well, we not do, the one but that it's... they've got planned. Not the one that they've got planned. No, no. And that's the other thing, the great reset. Now, I, I mean, I'm, I don't understand how anybody can not... I don't know how anybody can say, oh, the, the, the great reset, what a joke, bro. When it's a conspiracy theory. It, I mean, they've got a website. They, Charles they, just introduced a great thing on the Great Reset not that long ago. Yeah, they 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 meet in Davos every year. That every world government, every central bank, every major global company goes there and is involved in it and funds it at great cost. It is largely a talking shop, but they're talking about the Great Reset, about how they're going to implement it, and it's a yes. massive technocratic plan. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, Prince Charles opened again. Davos last year. Um, you know, there's, uh, Prince Charles opens Davos. Um, the keynote speakers are people like Gates and um, this, you know, the, and you think, well, how is this? It not has the Great Reset behind them as well. <laughs> it's called the Great Reset. They call I it know. the Great Reset. Yes. <laughs> people say, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> Read the book. It's available on Amazon. Uh, so, I know. Uh, oh, what can you do? What can you do? It, it is. I, this is the great thing, of course, about I think these small podcasts and stuff, it, it, is that, um, that, that we, we're less likely to go entirely nuts because um, we can at least share those frustrations. I'm sure there are... Yes. Yeah, it's actually really nice to be able to talk to someone about it as well. Yeah. It is. And of course, I mean, there are people on Twitter, I get some people and they say, I mean, so what's your view going really off there now? What's your view on um, the uh, 9-11 side of things? Gosh, oh my, I've, when I, when I um, first, I mean, I saw it, um, I was staying with my dad, actually, so I was just about to go travelling in Southeast Asia at the time. So I was off flying into um, into that part of the world. Um, well, not that part, that part of the world, but Indonesia. And um, the, in Indonesia, they were big fans of um, of uh, uh, not Saddam Hussein. What was his name? Um, well, the, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he was Saddam Hussein was Iraq. Um, oh, no, I, I know what you mean uh, Bin Laden. That's it. They're massive fans of Bin Laden in Indonesia. Right. And so I flew into a place where, uh, actually all along the coast Sun Road as well, they had like um, Bin Laden t-shirts. Anyway, so, um, so I saw it, I sort of saw it happen um, on the TV. I thought, oh crap. Um, I thought, well, I'm still going to go travelling. And so I did, and I had a really nice time. But I was stupidly and foolishly of, I mean, I grew up in a very anti-American household. Um, very anti-American, very, very 
socialist, left wing, all the, all the awful things that I think are terrible now. Um, and so I had this stupid idea that the Americans were asking for it, which I feel really ashamed of now, thinking that way. Um, but actually, as I learned more and more, I certainly learned a lot more about the Islamic faith when I was in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. And I had my eyes open very much. I mean, they say travel broadens the mind and it really did broaden mind, but not quite in the same way that people anticipated. So I came out with a definite, very different view of um, certain types of people mm. um, and how religious and pious they were, because I didn't find that at all. Um, and so gradually, I, then I watched Loose Change. I, I Again, it was, a, it was when the Guardian comments section was much more free-flowing and there was a link and it was a link to the video loose change and I watched that and thought oh that's interesting and then obviously they found out a bit more about um building seven and then uh the, was it Ar- not, was it architects or something for um 9-11 tree uh, people who so. knew about the physics of buildings and how you know it could possibly have happened and then you look you what you know the more I looked into the more I thought that looked so obviously like a proper demolition job mm. where they both the collapsed yeah. yeah basically my whole idea of what happened with the pendant and, and now I on the, and you know when you hear from was it Catherine Austin Fitz who said well that's where all the CIA kept all that you know well, basically so much dodgy yes. paperwork destroyed when building seven went down and I just thought aha that's it well, a friend of mine um, at the time was working in Bermuda and he worked in the software sort of uh, IT department of a, an American bank. They were based on the 77th floor, I think, of Tower One. I think it was 77th. Uh-huh. And um, they, they, everyone perished. Um, and he um, was in, he'd been there for three weeks and he'd just gone back to Bermuda. He's English. He'd just gone back to Bermuda and he obviously saw it happen like we all did. And, um, he rang a few people, couldn't get all the phones were not answering. And um he never heard from anyone in that bank ever again. He just after about three weeks thought, um, well I I, I guess that's it then. I just um Yeah. So, you know, I don't think he got paid, um, or anything. They just the entire place was wiped out. The other thing that got you did you remember when um again this was the media they're saying, Oh, this proves who did it because look they found the passports on top of the burned out buildings and I just thought <laughs> You know, there's, there's something at the back of your mind is going, that doesn't seem right. That sort yeah. of lodged at the back of my brain. And I thought, how does a building basically become incinerated, but you manage to find some paper passports on the top of it? Well, and, and collapse under its own huge weight yes. to such an extent yeah. that people are vaporised. Uh, yeah. And yet the passports survive. Now, I mean, I haven't really exactly. looked into it in great detail, but it's come up again recently, and I'm torn between... Is it just another distraction? And is it there to try and make um, people sound like when we're talking like we are now? Oh, well, look, they're talking now about 9-11. They're talking about David Icke, for example, all the rest of it. And is it there to try and discredit? Or is it an awakening of like... um, My brother said to me the other day, if you noticed how when people get red-pilled, they only get red-pilled from where they were red-pilled. They don't go back in time. So you can't go back in time, can you? Because you, you believed everything yeah. beforehand, didn't you? So, but so I wondered whether it was, you know, are people red pilled? Then they look back and go, well, actually, nine eleven. I mean, I do remember at the time I watched the BBC. Um, it wasn't live, but I watched the BBC recording 
of the BBC in America talking about Building 7 collapsing, and Building 7 was still... Was up. still standing. You know, I mean, yeah, there were lots, I mean, there were lots of people have been interviewed. I remember hearing who heard popping. There were loads of little things that I've heard over the years about how popping, like it sounded like um, the popping that happens when a building is, it goes off, a lot, uh, like little explosions. That was it. Yes. He was saying there were little explosions. And apparently that video, that, that interview was lost for a while, but somebody had found it and it was being put out a little bit. So there were lots of, this is again, the media buried the story. If you, I mean, you can look back now, this is not the first time through COVID where the media have buried stories. Yes. That, I, that was the big one. They buried that, that one way back then. Well, it's like, I, I, and the other thing, I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I would put money now on the fact that um, David Kelly, who supposedly killed himself in the middle of a field with a penknife, um, at the, during that didn't the, uh, make sense. Then. I mean, that that it didn't make sense then. It sounded no. dodgy, but it sounded too stu. It sounded too. It sounded too sort of cloak and dagger at the time. I just thought there's something. Fishy I always about thought that, it was but... very odd that none of his family ever came forward to speak to the press. Yes. I found that really. It's like they've been silenced. Mm. And I mean, I suppose at the time, you know, that it's obviously a terrible time for them, but it's... It, but there was, it was not even a commemorative piece like, oh, you know, my lovely husband David, and this is the work that he did, and there was nothing. It's total radio silence. Yeah. And it's still, and it has been ever since. And, and yes, there are... And, and, of course, from time to time, something comes out that's been under... Um, um, it's not a D notice, is it? But it's been under a, um, it's been sealed for say, yeah. you know, seventy years. And that's a hundred years, years isn't it? So it, uh, maybe a hundred years. Some of these things, aren't they? And they, but they yeah. come out, and they suddenly, when they come out, um, they basically there's not much made of it. But it is actually what the conspiracy theorists theorists at the time were saying. And you think, um, I know. Well, mm, okay. No, I've got no. I think this is the biggest problem. I wouldn't have considered myself in the least bit. Um, a conspiracy theorist, or um, even really thought much about it. I didn't trust the government particularly, but um, I just put it down like you said. To, well, they're politicians; they, they're, they're all stuff in the pockets. Um, whereas now, I think I'm pretty sure there's a deeper state, deeper global state, which is um, working to nefarious ends, and we are certainly not part of the plan if, in a good way, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, that, I mean, we could, we could probably talk for 24 hours couldn't we because there's could. so much we could on that. there's so much to unpick and so many rabbit holes to go down <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i mean so looking back looking back to what we're actually doing now in terms of prep so water you said i'm sorry to, i just i mean in, i'm intrigued by the prepping because a i'm doing it which i never thought <laughs> i'd do in a million years and b it does make you think when you start thinking with just-in-time delivery I had this, bring my, my poor old mother back into it again. Um, I mean, I see quite a lot of her at the moment because I'm not working, so I sort of pop around and see her probably once a day, I think. And um, the other day, myself and my brother were berating her over a Sunday lunch and, and um, talking about food shortages. And she said, oh, I don't, you listen to all this rubbish on the, on the YouTube. And I, I really, and anyway, I, I drove her. Um, against my will, but I drove it to go and get her booster vaccine the other day. Um, oh dear, and, that must have uh, been really horrible for you oh. doing that. But if she wanted it, what do you what she do? What well, I mean, she is you know she's older and she's not very well. So my view was yeah. well, I'm not going to talk her out of it because 
No. You know, and she she was insistent she wanted it. So I was like, well, fair enough. Okay. So um, so I took her there. She got zapped and then I, um, I, I took her home. And on the way home in the car, I got the radio on. And um, they were talking about food shortages. And she went... They said that on on the BBC this morning. They said there might be food shortages, and I said, "What was I, I telling know. you two weeks ago with my brother?" And she, you could see that she, oh God, I've, caught, I've got myself caught out there. Um, oh. So, but then it'll because I think they've probably they've probably managed to. I don't think food shortages are going to be a major issue in the short term, but um, because they've thrown money at it, but. Um, I think it will come, and energy is going to be the big problem. She, she, we bought her a, a generator, and um, uh, she's got that in case things, you know, go um, tits up, yeah. so she can keep running a heating because that's the primary thing, really. Because um, yes. she's got an electric pump, so um, so so she's she's got all these things. She thinks it's all total rubbish and it's not going to happen. But even from now and again, you know, um, I think she does sort of look at it and go, hmm. That's interesting. Well, let's hope it doesn't happen. But, you know, for the past couple of years, there have been stories about, well, you know, will we... When you think about the number of people that are in this country now and the fact that they've actually completely knocked down uh, a lot of the coal-fired power stations. Yeah. We are really on course. For... <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if it's a really, really, really cold winter and everybody wants their heating on? It wouldn't surprise me if we do end up with a few days without any heating. Mm. I'm not well, suggesting we go through the whole winter without any, but it wouldn't surprise me. And this is where, I mean, this is what smart meters are all about, aren't they? About yes. rationing yes. and turning things off. Not that we, we don't have one of those, we don't have one. So, yeah, I mean, we're stocking up on logs. I've got a load of candles and things in. Um, I started stocking up on food back in July this year. Right. So, yeah, so I think we've got and water what are you doing on water oh gosh um water well there are these things it's like oh god again i sound like a total mad woman saying this there are these things called life straws got one. <laughs> oh, you've got one ah, with a gra okay. gravity feed you can yeah yeah they were, they were for um they were created weren't they for um uh, people in africa so they could drink clean water from any water source yes and it would yeah so I've got one. I used one for a while because when I'm sailing on boats, when I'm when I'm delivering yachts, which is what I do, um, yeah. and if you're getting on a yacht, you don't know how old the water is in the tanks. And whilst you'd purge the tanks, they have all sorts of nasty bacteria and stuff in them sometimes. So if I'm delivering a yacht, I don't know. I will fill it up and drink it through a life straw. It just saves you getting yes. um, problems. Great invention. But yes, you can get them with a bag, which I've literally arrived last week. Um, yeah, and you hang it up, and it, and gravity feeds through the life straw, so you've got clean water. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so well, that, well, that, that that was kind of one of the main things. Really, I, I sort of went to a couple of preppers meetings recently. I mean, they're hardcore preppers. I mean, these people are hardcore preppers. They must be loving um, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really, because the thing about oh, you know, well, if things get really bad. Well, have to camp and go and hide out on the hot war and I just thought <laughs> I just thought really if things get that bad I just I really don't want to be living on Dartmoor I'm going to just do sort of sensible preppy stuff but I'm really not prepared to go and live in a hole in the ground on Dartmoor so yeah I'm not that much of a mad prepper really no I, I, well I mean you know apart from civil unrest I suppose um meaning that you want to oh that's a worry yeah but um but I live out in the sticks anyway I'm not going to leave um 
um, a comfortable house, um, you know, miles out in the sticks to uh, go and live under a tree. Um, exactly. Exactly. Well, there wouldn't be any point in that, would there, really? No. Well, I suppose it would shorten your life. It would fill your days, I suppose, trying to find something to eat and all that sort of stuff. But um, no, I, yeah. I've also got the River Severn very close to me, so I don't think I'm going to have a problem with water. I just wander down no, to the River Severn and um, fill up a bucket. But um, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't hurt for, I mean, that life straw was, I think was 20 quid. And I thought, well, I, and I've got a well in the garden too, which is capped. But I thought, well, at the end of the day. You can always open that up. Yeah, it's really funny. I've been looking at where the old wells are, where I live. And there are some um, that they've been paved over. But I do know where they come out. I do know where the water source comes out. So, Well, I mean, it, you know, I just, my view is um, it, it doesn't hurt to do it. And for the best, no. Plan for the worst and hope for the best. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what will actually happen will be very... I think that if if the plan is that they want to completely subvert us and everything else, which I think is probably the plan, um, then uh, and subjugate us, then I think that they will do it. They, they might turn... You know, the energy... They have created the problem with energy. I don't think it's that they'll actually turn the power off and they've got energy... I think we've got no energy. So, but they've they've done that because they've not planned for it. You know, as you said no, last exactly. year, they were pla they were blowing up. They were on TV blowing up our power stations last year. Yeah, I know. It's um, just you can't help but think it's deliberate. To be honest, I mean, who is it? Utter stupidity, or is it deliberate? Well, that's what I keep flipping between the two. And I, and, I know and I do as well. Given given what they say on, I mean. Listening to Angela Rayner, um, not that I have any problem with. I mean, I'm not. I'm certainly not a Tory boy, and I would know. I'm not going to vote Conservative again. But um, and the idiocy that they are—they've been overseeing for the last ten or twelve years. But listening to Angela Rayner, um, supposedly beating um, uh, Dominic Rab um, at uh, Prime Minister's questions this week, um, I only listened to one or two questions. But I thought, is this the standard of? debate and intellect that we've got now in, in higher echelons. I mean, yeah, just we again we, we need to sweep the whole lot away. We need to we need to have a completely we do I, I mean I can't put it any other way. We need to sweep the whole lot away. Parliament, MPs, politicians, all of our um public institutions, they're all so corrupted. We need to start again and I don't quite know how we do that. Um but anyway, listen to the Pandemic Podcast and Rainer Fulmick on the Pandemic Podcast. He was very good. Um, he ha he has some ideas about how we can start again. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. I mean, I, I will listen. To, I've listened to some of what he says. I'll have another. Um, again, I was talking to my brother about this, and he said the problem is: is it naive to to think? Because I mean, I think the courts are entirely corrupted now. Um, you don't completely hear them at corrupted. all. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, completely. so how you go anywhere when the power is, you know, you have we have to we have well, this is, we have to get rid of it and start again. We have we have to just say basically, well, we pay for all of this, so we say right, well, we're sucking you, we're well, sucking you. I, think, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think perhaps I mean I, I'm a bit darker on all this. I think to sweep away that sort of establishment. And I'm not advocating this, obviously, because um, I don't want to go to prison. But um, um, I think there would have to be um, a physical, violent um, revolution. Um, I don't see how a country can otherwise reset to such a great. Well, they can go quietly. They they can they can be told by the people that pay their wages that they're no longer employed, and they can go quietly, or 
they can have a violent revolution if that's what they want. I would prefer that they just said, you know, <laughs> they just took notice of the fact that, yeah. I mean, for example, I mean, what was it? There was a, was it the Canadian elections recently where Trudeau was voted in on, what was it, 30, 35%, 32%? Yes, he's a minority. Those years ago. That is not a mandate to govern. If you are getting less than 40% of the vote, to be honest, if you're getting less than 50% of the vote, but let's be honest, getting less than 40% of, of, the, of the electorate's vote, that is not a mandate to govern. It might be the system, but it's not a mandate to govern at all. It, I mean, some sort of proportional representation on the face of it sounds good because you're kind of what you're actually doing is choosing your you're your discounting your least your, your most worst option and oh. you're voting in your least worst option which but, but the problem with all of these things is they all uh, that seems to generate a, a relatively weak um government because you've got you've got no strong majority if you go full uh, first past the post um and and what we've got which is this constituency which is uh, was great for local representation but it the constituent mps are now selected by central government so or exactly. central parties so it makes no sense so there are ways of unpicking the, the bad system that we've got now and going back to what we had before which is better yeah we need power though don't we i mean you either have um you know you either have to control the military or you have to have a strong media that forces people, shames people into uh, into it. Or, I mean, how how do you do it otherwise? Because otherwise, it just continues, doesn't it? I don't want to be too uh, too negative, but um, I don't know. It's yes. difficult to know without without there having are, power. There are ways and means. I mean, I know that there are groups around the country who are now serving papers on their local councils. Um, going through, you have to go through a procedure and a process in order to get rid of your local council and, and put another one in. Um, but essentially, it's going through the right procedure, giving them an opportunity to come up with answers, um, facts, figures, financial accounting, all of that kind of stuff. So that is the democratic way of doing it. Sadly, we are in an era where we've got people in positions of authority who are not aware of their own um, legal responsibilities and lawful responsibilities, but they actually think that they do know. And so this is where the hubris comes in. Mm. So we've got a bit of a knotty issue. There are ways of doing all of this lawfully and legally and, and without bloodshed and all above board. It's whether the people who are in these positions accept that we don't want you anymore. You're corrupt, you know, and you need to be gone. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, let's hope. Hope it, you can only hope that something is going to happen, and and you have to do something. I mean, because otherwise we all just end up moaning. And I'm I'm really impressed that um, I'm speaking to somebody else um actually this week um, who has been involved with putting up, you know, these posters all around everywhere on the roads um, um, give, distributing information about vaccines and um, you know, these all right, yeah so i'm speaking to somebody later um this week about that and I, it all helps so these people are actually getting out and doing stuff you're serving notices of liability i think is really good um and, and the rebels on roundabout stuff is really good was it um yuri Bezenev's 
ghost who was pissing on Twitter. I, I, th- I think that's been what I'm involved talking about. in one of the yellow cards. Yeah, I've been doing this. So you feel so powerful. And I don't mean this in a sort of hubristic way, but you really feel because you're standing there and you get so many car beeps, you know, and you're thinking it's just so good to know that that people are on the same side. I think that's, it's quite uplifting. That's great. If you're getting support, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, there is a and you're, so you're getting the information out and you're getting the support back. It's, it's really yeah. good. That's interesting. There is definitely a silent majority. And uh, I mean, the people that I talk to, every one of them, you know, they're all um, sensible, intelligent, educated people um, that, you know, if you met in, in real life, so to speak, you wouldn't think, you know, oh, my God, you know, the, um, the sort of um, window licking sort of um, lizard. They're a lunatic. Um, yeah, they just look like normal people because they normal are. People. <laughs> But we're not, we're not normal. We're normal anymore. people who've been driven to distraction, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, that's the other thing. Have you noticed uh, what was it the other day? Oh, you know that terrible. There was that shooting, wasn't there, in the southwest in Plymouth? I think there was. Um, oh yes. Young yeah. young guy who shot his yeah. mother and and two or three other unfortunate people that happened to be there and um, yes. and. I think I said at the time on again on Twitter. I think I said how long before this is a um, far right terrorist cell uh, or something. And it was literally it's like six hours they were on. Oh, we're far. Right. But then they started talking about incels, which incels, um, yeah. And I mean, it is a thing. There are a lot of. Um, I wonder why there are a lot of disenfranchised, depressed young men. Well, it uh, feeds into in that basement. conversation we were having on Simon's podcast. The, the female uh, yes. only. It's yeah. all of that, isn't it? Yeah, the the, yeah. the disempowerment of men. That I think if men, if they if they feel strong in who they are, but the thing is, they're getting fed this stuff now through the schools about you know white privilege and how they basically all want to be rapists, and you might not even be a man anyway. You might be a girl, and that's a much better thing to be. Yeah. And you even know, if you are a man, it's toxic, and it's uh, and you should yes. be more feminine. And, yeah. yeah, and then when you are more feminine, you're, you're generally rejected strangely by um, by young women because they don't want this sort of feminine yeah. man who's got no confidence and then all of a sudden a lot of boys obviously don't have good male role models in their lives and they're just surrounded by women generally usually brought up by a single mum it's just we've got such a tangle to oh, unpick we really do it's almost like yeah. it's all been put together to do on purpose it's, um, it's almost it's like as you said it's almost like they wanted to, to, to destroy the nation yes yeah i mean um Oh, Yuri Bezmenov being the case in point, actually, the the, the, the real one, um, yes. who said all this in the 80s. But um, uh, it does make a lot of sense. And when you, uh, I mean, Solzhenitsyn was saying it in the, in the 50s and the 60s um, that, you know, if you want to subvert a nation, if you want to destroy a nation, um, you know, how you go about it. And um, it's basically doing what's been done. You know, you undermine yeah. its confidence, you strip away all its cultural um achievements and its heroes uh you make it yeah. doubt itself you make it hate itself and then yeah. strangely this is what you get so. and we've had everything we've had a real real mix of you know that the communist chinese and there's a five minutes hate stuff which is all the council culture yeah. I mean, when they were putting down statues last year and i just thought this is chinese style communists is a red yeah. guard yeah. these are the red guards Ma- yeah, back the away, you know? yes yeah. It's like Pol Pot. Um, it's um, yes, yeah, exactly. Cultural revolutions, and yeah, and, we are. It is, and 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 it all goes. I mean, this is why this even the phrase "the Great Reset." It's the Great Leap Forward. Yes. It's Year Zero. It's exactly the same. It's got echoes, and this is why they've chosen that phrase. 
They want yeah. to get rid of everything, sweep it all away and start again. And words are powerful and they, they understand this, these people, because they are absolutely, I mean, give them their due. And a lot of people say this, but the left, if you call, you know, the, 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 the great, the, the, whatever you call them, but the left are, um, they are committed. And um, they're like and, Terminators. Yeah. They remind me of Terminators. They, you not, they just, honestly, they get up and they, they just shake it off. They regroup and they're back again without yeah. a breath. It's like you said, and I understand why you said it, because I would probably have said exactly the same thing. Um, earlier, you were talking about um, um, uh, national pride and, and nationalism, and you said not that sort of nationalism, because, you know, there's the ugliness around. Because we've all been programmed, and okay, fair enough, We none of us want to be, you know, um, associating ourselves with some um, straight-arm-saluting, you know, skinhead with a... With a, with a um, swastika on his head who wants to go around bashing people that don't look like him but um since when is nationalism since when is being proud of your country and being and being interested in its future and the people in the country why do you have to apologize for that now and it's almost like you have to caveat it before you can say it which i know i shouldn't have said that no 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 it's not a criticism i would probably have said exactly the same in fact i know i do regularly because if you don't you know i'm not a racist but is the kind of the the, what you're effectively saying isn't it so it's like um, but that's because they have managed to move the overton window so far that people on the right i mean look at the tories they're not in the least bit right wing and if you ask anyone in the tory party are you right wing i bet there's three or four people in the tory party that would say well i'm i'm i'm, I'm probably a bit right of center they apologize for their own political party yeah, yeah. well i mean conservatism they're not doing what it says on the tin anymore are they i mean boris johnson has come in and he's just put a bomb underneath the rest what was left of the country he's just bloody put a bomb under it and lit fuse yeah. basically what was he talking about with Kermit at the, at the United Nations? Oh, I can't, but, you know, once upon a time I used to find these things that he said amusing, but now I just cringe and just think, Are you re- we're in such a serious state and you're you're making jokes about Kermit the Frog. Oh, my God. I mean, just... Talk about t- Tin Ear. I mean, he's... I'm the same as you, actually. I... He had a certain sort of charm, which... To be fair, Ian Hislop nailed years ago, when because Ian Hislop put yeah. his number a long time ago, um, and I'm not a big fan of Ian Hislop now anymore. Um, but um, but you know he said, "Oh my God, if you were of a prime minister and all this sort of stuff, or mayor of London, I think at the time he was saying, you know, crash." Mm-hmm. But he's exactly what Ian Hislop and also Mac, Max Hastings, who was his boss for a while. Um, oh yes, I read that Max Hastings. Well, the thing is, I think everything was so joyless, was and he seemed like this little ray of sunshine amongst all this very hardcore left-wing yeah nasty vicious he was he did seem like a little ray of sunshine amongst all of that um oh, fool yeah. but he, he <laughs> I, seemed... mean, I, I didn't vote for the conservatives I, I haven't voted for a long time i'm not even on the electoral roll because i believe for a long time that we're beyond voting now so i didn't vote for them um but well, I, I i joined the um, I've voted for lots of different parties over the years, but I, I joined the um, Conservative Party a couple of years ago, whenever it was, before when when um, Theresa May was obviously doing what she was doing, and um, I joined the Tory Party because I thought a bit like the Labour Party with um, with uh, Corbyn. I thought, well, perhaps I can kind of subvert it from within. Perhaps I can, you know, because you've got a much better 
Yes. Democratic power, if you're voting for the leader of a party, which is a few th tens of thousands of people, rather than uh, if you're in a constituency which has got a 35,000 Tory majority, which is where I am. So I thought, I'll do that. And I didn't realise I was naive. I didn't realise that basically they, they, they select who they want. They put one other person against them who they would also be happy with, and then they give you a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have a choice. So yeah. I didn't even vote. In fact, I spoiled my paper and put, and sent it back and said, if that's the best you can offer, screw you, basically. I well, this is how they subvert that. democracy. They just sew everything up. Yeah. So it's... And then, of course, he's in. And, and, and I think his charm was, I, for me anyway, if he had any charm, which I suppose he did, um, it was that he seemed like he wasn't taking all the political rubbish and the media very seriously like you know they'd uh, they try and get him on his you know um philandering and he, he was kind of a bit like um alan clark the old alan clark if you remember him he was a terrible philanderer and constantly doing terrible things and his, uh, his poor wife and all the rest of it but he would they would say is it true you just slept with so and so and their mother or their daughter and this that and the other and and he'd go well what bloody int what, what, what's it going to do with you um yes and I quite like that disarming kind of... Um, Anybody that stood up to the press, basically, and yeah. said, get lost. Yeah. yeah. But, Although but when then, Trump did it, that was a bad thing then, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't call a spade a spade when you're Trump. But, uh, no. but and then, of course, what he's actually, I think he probably is, is, is a sociopath at best, I think. Um, oh, there was a very, gosh, what was I hearing? It was a really interesting, it was, I think it was in the Sheep Farm, actually, the Sheep Farm podcast. Uh, what was that one? Sorry, I'm, I'm making notes of these because I won't have any sheep time to do it. Sheep, sheep podcast. Farm. It was right. one that I think oh, was it James mentioned. Did he did he have one of them on his own podcast? Anyway, yeah, a couple of northern lads. I think they might be brothers called the Sheep Farm Podcast. They have done a brilliant expose of um, Boris Johnson, and they've looked into his basically unpicked his personality, and have looked at why he is who he is. And it's very, very clever and very, very interesting. And it goes right back to his childhood and the way he was treated as a child and how so many of these global leaders um, have had very um, specific upbringings in, um, oh gosh, boarding schools and things like that. And what these environments do is these environments deliberately create sociopaths. And, they, and they're meant to be the leaders of the future because you can't make an omelette with break, without breaking eggs. So as a leader, you have to be of a certain character in order to deliver these days, of course. It's what your higher masters want of you. Mm. And I, I swear as well that a lot of these, I think a lot of um, MPs, why a lot of this stuff has gone through the house without a wink um, or a murmur, is because so many of our politicians are compromised in one way or another either through business interests or dodgy photos. I think there is something on everybody. And I think that's why so many of them are going along with it. I think they are all corrupted and compromised. And I think that goes across Western nations. Absolutely. Well, I mean, some, there are, again, there might be some people listening to this. Or, I mean, most people, I think, are probably like-minded. But there might be some people listening to this going, oh, come on, not every politician. But I know um, for a fact through... Um, well, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to. Um, this was one of the things that got cut out, I think, of um, my conversation with Leonard Rader. But so I won't say how I know it, but I know for a fact that there are photographs um, going around of a very, very high, well, a former prime minister 
let's put it no more than that, um, involved in some very strange shenanigans. Um, and I know that I know that as much as I can know it without seeing the photographs from the person yeah. that told me, and um, and and people in people in the media know it too. But of course, you only have power if you keep that stuff quiet. As soon as it gets out, it's like with, um, Hancock. I mean, Hancock oh, is a case in point. Oh, I thought that was a complete setup. I, I thought that was yeah. a total distraction. I thought he was deliberately a fool guy. He won't. He won't go away for very long. He'll be back. Yes. No. Absolutely. That was all. That was all so white. And, and even when I saw the video of him in the lift, I just thought that just looks so set up to me and so awkward and so <coughs> not what you would do. Well, he did look. All, I mean, I, he is a bit of a dweeb, but. Um... And it is nice to kind of take the mickey out of him for it because, you know, there's all that sort of um, uh, just enjoying his... Um, his um, Moment in the uh, spotlight. Yeah, the sort of Freuder of it all. But, but um, yeah, I think so as well. I think it was just right well. And, of course, he, he's been exited stage right. He, he, you know, potentially killed tens of thousands of old people. Um, Something else that the media hasn't looked into. Yeah, and yeah, uh, he's gone because um, he's having an extramarital affair. Well, it's like, wow, that's really important. Yeah. That's, uh, that was that was a deliberate moving around of the chess pieces. Well, of course, now Sajid Javid comes in, and he um, there isn't that visceral hatred of him, um, uh, and a lot of reasonably minded people are going to go. Well, give him a chance. He's only just come in. I mean, they're all the same. You know, they're all the same. They're all working for the same people. They're all either ex-bankers or they've worked for a specific ex-bank, yeah. or they're all part. They're part of the inner circle. I mean, more and more has come out now about um, Matt Hancock and Boris Johnson, a couple of others who have been. I mean, have you noticed the little badge that they wear, like the little circular um, rainbow badge? It's the uh, yes. the global. Yeah, mm. yeah. Of them, I've got, I've got that. So I've seen them with those on. I mean, that, that circular rainbow badge is it? Yeah. Because is that the same image as? Because the World Economic Forum have the fourth industrial revolution, and it's got all the different parts of the revolution, and that is a similar. Um, yeah, it's all part of the same. I mean, it's part of the. Um, there's a Bill Gates organization which has got that as a logo. So. Right. Yeah, it's all they're all linked up. It's the, it's the way that again, it's it's this stuff that's in plain sight, and it's it's about joining those dots. Lots of people don't join the dots. They look at everything as a separate entity or a separate incident or a separate whatever, and they don't make any links. I think lots of people are able to look at things with that sort of strategic overview. They they. Just, everything as a separate thing and don't make any links with anything hmm. I think that's part of the issue with people not being able to see what's going on no I, I, that's my view I mean I, I've also heard and probably Toby Young has said this um, um, there are two ways that you can go when 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 terrible things are happening you know when when there's a lot of um, you know when the waters are rough you you can it's human nature to either throw yourself at religion, um, you know, the, the, the no atheist in a foxhole kind of um, mindset, <laughs> which I, yeah. can, I can understand, um, or alternatively to try and make sense of the madness by, 
you know, delving into conspiracies and trying to make it all link together to make sense because we want stuff to make sense, which is why people go to religion as well, that, you know, there's a greater power and all this sort of stuff. So, so I am conscious and aware of those two arguments, and I think they've got merit, but I still think that doesn't mean you can't have, it doesn't mean there can't be a God, and it doesn't mean there can't be a plan. Uh, not God's plan, you know, a, 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 a man's plan to um, yes. to subvert stuff. So, so I think you've got to be careful that you know. Yes, okay, it might be human nature to to try and rationalise stuff, or to throw yourself at the mercy of a greater power so that you've got that kind of insulation from the reality. But at the same time, it doesn't mean neither of those things couldn't be right as well, or both of them. No. But they, but I mean, these people do have plans, though. I mean, we know that they do have yeah. plans, and we know that they work towards those plans, and we know just from past, um, you know, denotices and things coming out into the open that what previous plans and cons well, not conspiracies in the end, what what, what their aims were. Mm. But I do think we are in a spiritual battle as well, and I say this as someone who's not of any particular faith, but you the thing is a lot of these people a lot of these nefarious characters believe in this stuff themselves this is why they do all these funny ritual things i mean think about the opening of the olympic ceremony yes. that's very weird ritual for the opening of was it the swiss tunnel yes the hadron collider oh oh, oh yeah oh, all of that yes with it with the with she is it shiva well that's shivas i mean they they believe in this stuff and they partake in this stuff. And did you ever see the Alex Jones um, clip of him at, um, he filmed from afar the Skull and Bones group. Have you seen that? No. That's no, very interesting. Yeah, this weird Skull and Bones ritual. Um, he he managed to, I don't know, there was a big wall anyway, he was filming it from, from a distance, which you, you could see. Um, they believe in this stuff. Um, so, I mean, if you look at some of the dates that they choose, I mean, I'm not saying I believe in this stuff, but mm. when you look at the dates that a lot of things happen, they do have a pattern to them. I mean, do you remember quite a while ago um, on Twitter, lots of people were, were, were tweeting things that had the, the, the number 33 in it? Yeah, I've seen no, that, yes. I, yes. I, 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 I didn't fully get... get what it was it's all about and they do believe in this kind of stuff so they choose their dates very carefully a lot of a lot of the stuff that's happened over the last 18 months has happened on specific dates like equinoxes and things like that so again it's not that i believe in this stuff necessarily but they obviously do because they tie certain things in to certain dates and um equinox. we're on yeah. an equinox about now aren't we we are on an equinox about now. Who knows what nefarious plans they're cooking up for us? Well, Something probably. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be sailing off and doing this uh, yacht delivery in a few weeks. And I'm. Are you going to do that? I, well, I wasn't going to do it because I was uh, uh, all the problems, and then I know the, yeah. the owner came back and said um, he he was amazed that I wasn't um, that I wasn't vaccinated, and because uh, he said oh, well, you told well, him. Well, no, because he said. Um, he said, I didn't want to, but I, and he didn't, he was fine about it in a way, but he was just, he's a nice enough chap. But he, he said, um, 
Well, it'll be okay because um, with your vaccine passport, um, all you've got to do is have a test before you go and then and this, that and the other. And but I went, even well, if you're vaccinated, you still have to have a test. I, I mean, know. hello. Well, it was ridiculous. <laughs> but I said, well, uh, yeah, well, that might be a problem because um, I haven't had the vaccine. He went, you've not had the vaccine? And I went, uh, no. And he went, oh. Right, huh? and he didn't ask why. He was, you know, he was quite reasonable about it all. But he just went, okay, "Oh, well, that yeah. might change things, I suppose. I'll have to look into it." So he looked into it all, and he came back and he said, "No, I think because I've got uh, seafarers exemptions. Um, so if you work as a professional seaman, then you are, um, you don't have to isolate when you come back to the UK from um, and and um, there's all sorts of exemptions because they need. It's basically for people that work on ships, but because I'm." in the same kind of, not in the union, but yeah. I'm in the same sphere. I get to, um, if I'm working at sea, you're excluded because they need to keep the world moving. So, um, of course, and obviously the virus doesn't know about those people. Yeah, or you can't it? catch it. Very specific, you're... isn't it? No, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, as Duncan said, it's, pro it's probably the, um, it's probably rum. It's probably the rum that does it. Oh, that's right. Of... I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. hearing that bit. But, yeah. So I am, I am planning to do it, but I'm not looking forward to it because whilst I'd love to get back on the water and it's, you know, in the med, uh, it's still be quite nice this time of year. Um, when I get there, I won't be able to go into any... Well, assuming I get there after the various tests I've got to do, I won't be able to get... Uh, I won't be able to go to a, a restaurant or a bar because you need You're to have a vaccine passport. You're not quite chilled about this kind of stuff in Greece. I was reading that... Well, that, that you know, I've been okay. told that in Greece, yes. I've been told in right. Greece it's fine, but not in... I'm going to northern Italy first. Oh. So, um, so I'm pick, picking up the boat in northern Italy and then taking it round Italy to Greece. So I think um, the islands in Greece are pretty relaxed. I think you just rock yeah. up and they might ask you and you just say yes and that's it. But um, I thought the northern Italians were fairly no-nonsense as well. Yeah, the, I, I think though perhaps they're a bit more regulated, I don't know. But um, And it's it's a bigger city as well, so um, right. you know, it's going to be more corporate. Anyway, we'll see. I mean, I may tell a different story when I get back, but even if I get there after all, and I've never had a test, I don't really want to have one of these tests. But, Are you going to um, have to have a PCR test to get up your nose thing? Yeah. Although Can I'm you do it yourself? You have to, I think someone else has to do it, presumably so oh, you don't God. cheat. But they can, you can say you want it in the throat, not in the nose. So, I mean, yeah, don't have it up the nose that. because of the cavity. Well, that, that, that brain, that, that yeah. barrier between your nasal cavity and your brain, don't go there. No, I, well, I won't. I shall refuse that if that's the case. Yeah. But, um, um, give them some. Give them some line about having it. I don't know, not being able to have it up there for some reason. Yeah, they'll be so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the weird thing is, how can you? They they say uh, if, if it's so. Given that they're testing it at something like 36 or 48 cycles um, to find it, um, if they have to ram something so far up your nose to find it and get enough sample, then how in any way is it dangerous when you're wandering around in open air? Um, well, it, oh, this is what isn't. I've been saying to people. How, how, if you know, surely you should just be able to breathe onto it, shouldn't you? Because it's exactly. that contagious, this virus. Then, you know, <laughs> so or lick it. But you just lick it. <laughs> It's just nuts, isn't it? It's totally... It's people nuts. not thinking, isn't it? It, it is. I, uh, there's so many memes going around, I've, uh, you know, with masks and stuff, and it's just like, if you just look at it, you know, you don't have to... Deadly killer virus stalking the planet, but just stick anything over your mouth, it'd be fine. Yeah, a bit of cotton, yeah. just panged over your mouth. Yeah, and and, and you're OK if you're sitting down, but if you... If, uh, no, you you can take it off if you're sitting down in the pub, but if you're standing oh. up, then you have to put your mask on because... Science. Oh, 
we're in a world of we, it's, we are living in an open air lunatic asylum aren't we really it's absolutely nuts it really is and yet we are the the anti-vaxxers we're the mad ones yeah <laughs> we're the mad ones apparently for behaving normally <laughs> oh, it, is, it really is absolutely nuts i um i want to we're we're um we're at we're We've just two over, hours yeah, we've got over, obviously. This is good. It's good that we did because, um, you know, it means that we're enjoying the conversation. But, at what, and also I was talking a lot, I noticed. I was trying to stop myself. Um, I think there's still loads to cover. Um, but shall we, was there anything before, if there's anything burning that you wanted to talk about, then let's do that. But otherwise, why don't we park it where we are and then perhaps we speak again in a few weeks' time? Yeah, no, that'd be really nice to do okay. another one. I really enjoyed that. Great. Is there, was there anything specific that you're doing? I mean, you mentioned about the notice of liability um, and the roundabout. What was it called? The roundabout? Rebels on roundabouts. Oh, we're not always on roundabouts. Roundabout. It was a group that started called Rebels on Roundabouts, but it's just all over the country now that people are standing on the road, side of the road with these yellow cars. It kind of echoes the government's yellow card reporting system, which is why they're yellow and they're very obviously noticeable being uh, yellow. As well. That makes sense. So, right. So... Um, so yes, yeah, so you're doing those two things, which is great, um, and obviously you're doing a lot of reading, and you seem very well informed on stuff, better than I, to be honest. If I, if I, um, I think I probably know. I just not, I'm not, I don't know the detail that you know. So you've drilled into it in more, um, more detail, I suspect. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about generally, or anything that in the news that's particularly? In this in one, um, but it'd be nice to pick up the sort of things that we didn't do in this one because, I mean, obviously there is a lot to talk about with energy and how that is feeding into the COVID story, really, I think, because um, yeah. that was something that, that was predicted right back last April. You know, this is where this is going to lead. I mean, the people that knew a lot more than I did at the time, this is where I got my information from because this is where I read that, you know, this is going to lead. This is where it's, this is where it's leading to. And all of these things that are happening now, vaccine passports, um, mandatory jabs that aren't mandatory, but, you know, if you want to participate in society, um, energy shortages, fuel, all of that was predicted last April from the stuff that I was reading. So it would be nice to kind of maybe dig into how that fits into COVID and the uh, the global plan, I think. Yes, no, it would. It would be good. And, and like you and said... And things, things that you can do to make... I, I think we need to look at positive ways forward as well because it's easy to focus on the dark stuff and and sort of sound off about that but it's how do, how do we how do we mitigate it how do we still live fulfilling happy lives absolutely that very wise especially as we're going into winter um yeah yeah i think I that'd mean, be really nice to focus on some positive stuff as well in the next one well, I tweeted out, I think I probably was um, half full of malt whiskey, actually, when I did it, but I tweeted out something the other day, which you picked up on and expanded upon and made um, far more um, useful. Um, I, I tweeted something out about how, you know, look after the people, you know, because there are people on Twitter in particular, I've noticed, oh, yeah. who are, you know, really in a dark place sometimes. And... Um, yes. It is a and bit some of a people have disappeared, who I've checked in on as well, just to make sure they're okay. Right. I'm, not, I'm not mentioning any names, but you know. No, that's um, good. That's good. Yeah, I, I, people that disappeared, and I thought, oh, I just want to make sure they're okay, you know, because you don't know what dark night of the soul people are going through. And I think even even if people are not in a terrible place, you know, I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea to get off Twitter from time to time because it can be yeah. a bit of a um, you know doom ridden place, and it's not very pleasant sometimes. But um, 
but no, I think it, it is not everybody has got a big family around them. Um, and and even if they have, they might be in a family that um, sees none of what we might see. Yeah. Um, which would drive you nuts, I think. Um, I don't know. How yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think but I think making a plan, even if it, you know, anyway, we can talk about them in the next one, I suppose. Okay. But yeah, okay. just, to, just to keep connecting with people, keep in contact with people, keep checking in on people, do nice things. You know, we can get through it and out the other side, but it's just, I, I guess, giving people a bit of a structure to hang that on because I'm sure lots of people are absolutely dreading winter this year. Yes. I think so, especially if it's a hard one. But uh, no, yeah. do nice things and listen to nice things as well on that subject. Because yes, that's nice really things. Nice <laughs> but um, on, on YouTube. So uh, no, yeah. it's very nice to listen to. And it's five past one. And I do think on a Friday, there's something called the Guff Stream on. Uh, there so, is. And so, I wanted to listen to that. So that's a really good time to stop. <laughs> so let's stop now. Go and listen to that. Yeah. And then we'll uh, yeah. talk again I'll soon. I'll meet so. you on there. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Flora. Great to speak to you. And we'll speak again uh, in a few weeks' time. Yes, yeah, great. Have a lovely Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.